This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each and every week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini. And Joe, this was uh, quite the week in the mixed martial arts yeah. world, from the uh, Hall of Fame induction to the aftermath of the Hall of Fame induction to the UFC 266 card, the return of Nick Diaz. Alexander Volkanovsky with a statement win over Brian Ortega. So let's dive right in. UFC 266, the main event. Alexander Volkanovsky wins a unanimous decision over Brian Ortega. And I think that this was a, a really important fight for both these men because Volkanovsky proved that he is one of the most resilient, one of the toughest, mm-hmm. um, and really a, one of the most elite fighters in mixed martial arts. While Brian Ortega, to me, you know, you don't want to keep putting these titles on people as the most this, the most that. But Ortega is one of the most opportunistic fighters in mixed martial arts. He's just, he finds those openings. He's like a shark. He's swimming, he's circling, he's circling, he's circling, and he's just waiting for that moment. And he found yeah. a couple of those moments, but Volkanovski was able to get out of them. Yeah, Volkanovski, I think you're right. It was the fight that he needed. Um, I mean, his last few fights were Max Holloway. Anytime you fight Max Holloway, Max is probably going to be a favorite. Everyone's going to expect Max to win, how good he is. So I think that kind of kind of slowed him down from becoming the real true you know star that he's become after this fight so i think this was a well-deserved win for him i think the attention that he got from the excitement it kind of sucks that a lot of the attention came from oh look how tough he is to escape that but hopefully that doesn't take away from how dominating you know his performance was but uh with ortega i like i'm just he seems like he's always in there and this is what's crazy like there's the puncher's chance and then he's got the grappler's chance you Mm -hmm. know like even in the third round, you got to think the amount of sweating that's going on. How did he even squeeze and hold that at that time of the fight? You got to think the sweat that never really happens, you know. And well, Volkanovski even saying he, he shaved his yeah. And so how, even said he shaved his head because he knew these opportunities would probably be there to slide his you know head out of these submissions. So I think fantastic fight. The only thing that worries me in this entire thing, I would love to see them fight is. Ortega taking these big hits, man. Like, how long can he do fights like this? And that kind of makes me nervous. That's the only thing I didn't like from this fight. Well, afterwards, I tabulated it. And uh, the amount of significant strikes that Ortega took in the fight with Volkanovski and Holloway was almost the same number as the amount of significant strikes that Volkanovski's absorbed in his entire UFC career. It was like 500 and something uh, strikes, significant strikes from Volkanovski and and, uh, Holloway. And I mean, Ortega's got a granite chin but i mean he just takes like you said that can be your gift and your curse because yeah without having that chin you're able to sustain more damage but what does that mean for your long-term health yeah and uh, honestly ortega reminds me of myself like like he fought the way i would have fought that fight you know not giving up staying in there trying to go out on his shield fighting back in that fifth round win like yeah like you fight like that but the consequence is, like, you know, I had to retire a little early because of that fighting style. And, I mean, even guys like Justin Gaethje, they're very open about that st- style of fighting is really tough. But you put on amazing performances uh, when you think that way. And another thing about Ortega is because, like you see in the third round, how quickly he gets to the guillotine, how quickly he gets to the triangle yep. and seamlessly. You know that even at the end of the third round when he's just been beaten up, at the end of the fourth round when he's been beaten up, if the doctors yeah. aren't going to stop it, the coaches aren't because they know that this guy can exactly. find little openings to win fights. Yeah, I know a lot of people saying, oh, I would have stopped it in that fourth. But, I mean, one, world title fight. Two, he ended up winning the fifth round. I know you don't want to say that it doesn't really make a difference. But, I mean, he only won that round on what? Two of the, the judges' scorecards or just one? 
Uh, just right, because one. one of them was 50-45, right? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, what's that? I mean, it's nice to say, hey, congratulations. You still lost, you know, 50-45. So, I mean, what's the benefit of that? You know, as a martial artist and as a warrior, yeah, there is value in that. Maybe to the outside person, you know, like, oh, if they would have stopped the fight. But I think as that warrior Ortega is, I think he's kind of happy that uh, at least he got to go the entire fight. Well, I would have put the onus on the ref to stop the fight because at the end of the third, Herb Dean's in there and he's like, how many fingers am I holding up? And he's holding up one. Yeah, and I think it's like one, two, four. Like he was stumbling. Yeah. He was out on his feet. They had to lift Completely. him onto his corner. That fight should have been stopped then, honestly, from a medical standpoint. Like I don't blame his coaches for not stopping it. But if you're a, a cage side official or you're the in-ring official, you have to think long and hard about whether the athlete has his wits about him at that moment. And Ortega did not. He was out on his feet. And Completely. I think it was clear. And even if you're out on your feet, Joe, you've you've told me that there are rounds that you don't remember fighting. Exactly. Are you okay? And, yep. Uh, and we, yep. And if you go yeah. back and watch those rounds, does yeah. it feel like if you were to watch it, you knew that you weren't, you oh, yeah. don't remember it. But if you're watching it, you're still doing a good job in there because it's muscle memory for you and you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I, I've watched some of my fights where like they glanced in the corner and I'm like, I'm out. Like I know my eyes, and I'm like I'm I'm completely glossy-eyed out. Like I know I'm out on that in in those situations. So I mean, yes, I mean it, it is the referee, and I thought it was ridiculous. Like they obviously wanted the fight to continue. I mean, when you are second guessing, uh, uh, um, uh, uh what number is that? Uh, uh one, one, mm -hmm. and it's like a minute went by. He's recovered at that point. I mean, it, it was clear he was out. But they stopped I mean, that fight in New York. Yeah, most places they probably would have stopped that. I mean, but that comes down to, again, like, look at boxing. Like, boxing stops fights a lot more, and I know we always bring that up, but it's, I think it's okay to stop those fights now, you know? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm obviously, I'm now one of these people where I'm so torn. Like, I'm literally more torn than probably anybody in this world when it comes to stopping fights or not because I, me personally, I've been in situations where my corner's like, should we stop this fight? And my corner said, hell no, we're never going to stop it. Joe doesn't want me to stop it. And I'm glad they did that. But on the other side, I watched back. I'm like, well, would I still be competing if they would have? And I was like, there's so many big sides. And now being a coach where I don't have that killer instinct as much anymore where it's like – I got to look at my fighters. I see them as people. I see them as friends. I see them as family. So it's a hard position to be in. Well, I hate to sound insensitive here, but if I'm his corner, I don't stop that fight. Like if, I, if I'm Ortega's no, no, corner, yeah. I'm letting him go because I just know that For he's sure. able to seize these moments at any given yeah. time. He's so dangerous. And you have to put the onus on the officials. And if the officials aren't going to stop the fight, I think you, you let it go. That's just yeah. me, and and I mean, yeah, a lot of people that have this job in media will say, oh, I would have stopped it if I was his corner. It's easier said than done. And yeah. again, I think you have to base it on the fighter. Like, for example, like after that third round of Shevchenko-Murphy, do you think Murphy has a chance? No, but she hasn't been hurt that badly. But had she been hurt as badly as Ortega, and, and she went into the corner in her third round, I don't think she has as much of a shot as beating at beating Shevchenko as Ortega does Volkanovski based on the style of fighter they are. And you know your fighter and you know yeah, what your fighter's yeah. capable of. So th those are the kind of things where you kind of have to... And I'm not saying that Murphy's corner should have stopped it. Absolutely not. No, no, she, no, no. she hadn't taken much punishment going into the fourth round. But uh, it's what I mean is like you have to look at the circumstances. You have to look at the type of fighter that it is. And Ortega's the type of guy that can find openings and win fights at any given time using just muscle yeah. memory and his knowledge of the game and his fight IQ. 
But the problem is a lot of the referees don't know the guys probably no, or I'm, like I'm talking about it the shouldn't influence that. Oh, yeah, the, corner, the corners for sure. But the yeah. officials, they need to do their job. And if Herb Dean is saying, oh, how many fingers am I holding up? He's getting the answers wrong. You stop the fight. Like if I'm the yeah. official, I stop the fight. <laughs> yeah. I'm not don't talking about Don't keep the asking. Okay, let's try it again. Yeah, Hold let's on. Try let's, let's try it again. Let's, let's try one more <laughs> yeah, time. You three lives sure you left. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a video. And it's game. like he's and what was it, like a, a one to four. You know, you got a twenty five percent chance. Not bad. You yeah. know, take a guess and go. But, but Ortega uh, was out after that third round. Of course, like, he was of out. course, but of course. Uh, but I mean, the out. timing was something too. Like, there's so many factors to that which kind of didn't make sense. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like I said, I'm happy. Um, I mean, it's nice to get Ortega. With everyone's talking positive. I don't think anyone's being like, "Oh, Ortega, you know, he's not at that level." I mean, I still think we're because he fought the way he did. I think we're all talking very positively about him. So that's that's the positive too. Well, Volkanovski wants to fight again soon. He says, but you've got Max Holloway taking on Yair Rodriguez in November. Now, I'm going to say something that I'm sure is way out of left field, and I haven't heard anybody else say this. But if Volkanovski wants to fight soon. Give him Zabit. Like if Zabit, Mark Henry made a post on Instagram saying Zabit is back. I think you can mm. give him Zabit. Like I think that if you want to keep yeah. Volkanovski busy yeah. and you want to see how good Zabit is and Zabit wants to be a champion and he wants people that are going to show up to the fight, put Zabit in there. Am I yeah. wrong? I mean, you've seen Volkanovski yeah, beat huh? Holloway twice. Holloway can wait another, whatever, four months after he beats Yair. Yeah, and it's kind of nice because we don't really want to see Volkanovski go back right away. And I think this is what this Ortega fight was like. Let's give a break of Volkanovski Holloway. So, yeah, nice. that, I think that's good. I just think we haven't really seen Zabit in so long that it kind of – to throw him in a title fight now, I think a lot of people are like, what? Who is he? Where has he been? Like, why? But like, Zabit's I think there would be a lot of those questions. He's not, in the rating. He's not in the rankings. But if you want to get this guy back, give him a title fight. Like, I mean, if we, I want to see Zabit back. I think that the UFC yeah. would like to see Zabit back. I think I don't think anybody would be opposed to a. Vol- I mean, listen, people will complain about Volkanovski versus Zabit being booked because they think Holloway should be next. But you can, if you're Dana White, you go out there and be like, "Well, Volkanovski's beaten Holloway twice. We need fresh challengers. Zabit is is healthy again. He wants to he wants to fight. Let's do it." I don't think people are going to be that would be that opposed to it. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I just think that if I if if all of those pieces were able to to fall into place right now, I would do that. Yeah, and there's not many options, right? I think in the featherweight right now, like who else could you Nobody. put outside of Holloway, right? Nobody. There's no one, anyways. Like other than Zabit, I mean, who's out, yeah. who's undefeated in the UFC? Yeah, and did you agree with this Holloway Yair matchup? Well, it's been. I mean, it was supposed to happen a couple months ago. It got postponed because of a Holloway injury, and uh, they just announced it again last week. I mean, listen, I think Holloway could wait and get the title shot with Volkanovski, but Holloway, I'm sure, wants to keep busy. I'm sure he wants to get a paycheck. And uh, I'm sure he's probably pretty confident he can beat Yair. And then if you're you're the UFC, you're, you're going to continue to build up uh, Holloway. Or if Holloway loses to Yair, you've got a fresh challenger. So it's kind of a win-win for the UFC, regardless of what happens. That fight's soon. That fight's in a month. Yeah, and, and it's crazy to hear, like, I even hear, like, because like, there's not really those easy matchups to make the logical ones i even hear like some tosses of names like giga chikatse and like i was like it's crazy they're going down to almost number eight to find contenders for the champ which is crazy i mean we haven't heard much from kelvin which i'm sure they'll probably have something soon for him but you know it's 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 a tough division i mean calvin back and you couldn't give calvin a a title shot off that holloway fight 
No, but I'm saying like he's I think could be there eventually. He's sitting at five. It's just good names that just right now aren't ready to go. It's, right. it's a tough time. Yeah, and you can't give the zombie a shot. You know, like there's just no. a lot of people you can't give the shot to right now. Like what's uh, Josh Emmett? He just he's just been injured and he hasn't yeah. fought in some time. Arnold Allen moved up pretty nicely. Yeah, but I don't. He think moved he up five spots. Arnold Allen. Yeah, I don't know. I I know people aren't really clamoring for an Arnold Allen versus Volkanovski fight, right? Like, uh, I'm just surprised I seen him move up five spots on the UFC rankings. They have him at six. Yeah, well, so that's my solution. Put Zabit in there if he's ready to go. If he wants to come back, or yeah, you I like just it. wait, or you just wait until like the Holloway yeah, year dust settles and see what Volkanovski wants to do. Uh, co-main event: Valentina Shevchenko, Lauren Murphy. Pretty much one-way traffic for Valentina. Uh, I mean, the odds for her were like seventeen to one, so like minus seventeen hundred. She's seventeen yeah. to one favorite, so. I don't think there's much of a surprise here. Murphy just didn't have much for her, and I, I think that, you know, Murphy was pretty realistic about it. She made an Instagram post being like, "I just there was nothing I could do. I just I I tried. I, you know, I I just couldn't find an opening." And she said to me also, like when I spoke to her about this fight, she said like, "I don't think Valentina has any weaknesses. Like, so I have to yeah. be my best self." And I think that's probably the only approach you can take. Yeah, there's not much. I mean. There is no spot in that fight. Like even when we're talking about it pre-show, we're kind of like, what options does Lauren Murphy have? Like, can she beat her on the feet? No, no. not really. You can't catch her. Like, are you better on that's the ground? All, that's all she mm-hmm. can do is try to. Catch are you her. clinching? Yeah, and like you can try, but there's no real <laughs> big options. You know, yeah. like there was no clear like, here's your my you know like one percent chance of winning. I think Shevchenko was just eliminated every one of those chances so yeah. Yeah, insane I, agree with you. I mean you have to give lauren murphy her shot she had her shot of course and, I mean, yeah she has to try to find an opening and she couldn't find one and i don't think that that's any fault of hers it's just valentina's that good now the good news here is that we're starting to inch towards this trilogy fight with nunez yes which I think yep. is the fight you gotta make i mean if 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 nunez beats pena and she's beaten every challenger in the division really i mean we've got aspen lad taking on macy chase on this weekend i think the winner of that fight certainly moves up the ranks but I think that if you can get Nunez Shevchenko together and there aren't that many challengers right now that are obvious, even at 145 pounds, I mean, like unless Norma Dumont ends up beating Holly Holm, you just don't have a whole lot of options for Nunez. I think that's the fight you got to make and you got to make it before one of them just not one of them. I don't think Shevchenko's retiring anytime soon, but before Nunez decides maybe she doesn't want to do this for much longer, you got to get that yeah. one in. And then if Nunez ends up beating Shevchenko, she's like the ironclad goat. But if Shevchenko ends up winning that fight, you got another fight. You got a qu- four, yeah, something four for Nunez and and Shevchenko fights, which I don't think anybody would be opposed to. Yeah, and it's hard to, for the women to get these super fights that the guys are getting and stuff like that. So I mean, that's the only logical fight you can make. But I mean, when Nunez retires, I mean, do we see Shevchenko holding on to two belts now? You know, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think good chance, uh, who, you know. Who who in the 135 pound division is going to beat Shevchenko? Not named Nunes, right? Like, yeah. Try to, try I mean, to come up Jermaine with could be fun. I mean, Aspen yeah. Ladd has some physicality, but I don't know how that would look. Jermaine would be yeah. fun. Jermaine would be a fun one. I agree Jermaine with that. would be fun, yeah, because I think she could kind of stand on the feet. But we've seen what Amanda did to her on the grappling. Yeah. I think kind of. Uh, Valentina would almost do the same thing. Like Valentina's, yeah, Muay Thai world champion this, but her grappling is nasty, man. Like yeah. her top position, like she's fantastic in in all aspects of the game. Yeah. So I think that uh, that that's the fight you gotta make. I think there's just so many yeah. interesting things that can come from that. Um, and then of course we had Robbie Lawler defeating Nick Diaz. Now, I must have been 
like I'm in this of the same opinion as what Dana White said yesterday. I was thoroughly impressed with Nick Diaz, and I know really? most people are saying that they weren't. But yeah. with a six and a half year layoff, with this guy partying all the time, for him to beat a guy who's as good as Robbie Lawler still is, I still think Robbie Lawler's pretty good. So he looked pretty good. Like I, I would be. I never thought I'd be saying this coming out of a Nick Diaz fight, but I'd be happy to see Nick Diaz fight again. I think that yeah. if you put him in there against Cowboy, like that was a fight yeah. that Tanner Bozier suggested that I also was thinking of at the time. I like, I like that. Who can you Perfect. put Nick Diaz against that would make sense? I think Nick Diaz versus Perfect. Cowboy at 185. Bozier nailed it. Yep. That's the fight. Like that, yep. You can make that fight. I think I, I don't think Cowboy's saying no to that fight. I mean, we saw Nate Diaz pick Cowboy apart. Maybe he wants to get some revenge, but I thought that Nick Diaz fought well. I mean, his output was great. His defense looked very good. And then I thought that he went out at a time like he decided not to continue at a time where he stopped himself from taking unnecessary damage. And remember what I said last week, Joe. I I, I said bet the house on Lawler. So I'm I, you yes, know you I'm not standing for Nick Diaz here. I thought that Diaz was going to come in looking like he did in the first 30 seconds of that fight where I was like he's done. Like you look yeah, look at yeah, the yeah, first yeah. 30 seconds when he threw that spinning yeah. hook kick and yeah. what the, the heck? flying spinning hook kick or whatever it was, and then yeah. he just looked like he was like out of sorts right away. And then. As the fight was going, his momentum started to pick up, and the pace started to pick up in the deep. Am I wrong? No, yeah, you're right. I mean, he did look good. I mean, I'm a little biased to this. I'm like, I've been out of the ring for six years. I'll come back looking a million times better than he did. So for for three years, Joe. Yeah, but still, come on. He's still a martial artist. He still trains every day. I mean, but uh, yeah, he did better. He. I'll put it this way. It exceeded my expectations. He did better than I expected him to do based on, yes, his past that we've seen him on Instagram. He definitely uh, did better. And I think the, the the thing was Robbie had to adapt. Robbie, Robbie had to pressure. Robbie had to bring the fight. He was eating shots, so he made it exciting. He made it a Nick Diaz style, you know. But, uh, yeah, could, would, I think I expected a little bit better quality. That's that's my also. But I mean, he did good. He did well. He did well for what most people expected from yeah, him. Well, my, my expectations going into this were way lower than I think most people's were. Like I thought I think a lot of people thought they'd see like the Nick Diaz of old. And I mean, we saw glimpses of it. But I mean, I, I thought that we were going to see Nick Diaz get completely smoked and obliterated in this fight. And it looked like Dana White felt the same way. Dana White said yesterday he thought that Diaz looked great. He thought he looked damn good, is what he said. Yeah, and yeah. And that he thought that Nick Diaz was going to get blown out of the water by Lawler, too. And that's, I think that him, the reason why him and I both believe that Nick Diaz looked good is because our expectations were just super low. Yeah, yeah. You thought he was going to do a Tito Ortiz, Anderson Silva style, like just get Well, smashed I just thought he was going to look sloppy in there. I didn't think that he was going to have the same kind of pace as he used to have. And I mean, again, you look at the output, and the output was there. I thought yeah. his defense looked really good. He was moving his head really well. He was getting out of the way. He was blocking things. He wasn't taking a ton of damage um, from from Lawler. In fact, if you look at both of them after the fight, I think Lawler was probably more banged up. Uh, but, you know, I just thought that we were going to see him get completely obliterated by Lawler. And uh, yeah. he won yeah. the first round, in my opinion. I thought that Diaz won the first round. Yeah. Robbie had to come, press forward, go, and kind of eat shots and... And it made it tough. He, I actually posted a YouTube video, I think like a few weeks ago, on how to beat Nick Diaz, like the Diaz brothers. It's kind of like, it's not beating them in particular, but beating someone with a big pressure style with not a lot of power that keeps going. And I think Robbie Dollar fought it pretty good, you know? Well, he, he I thought he did it well. For most of the fight. He had to. Yeah. yeah, he had to. You have to put Diaz brothers back. They don't have that power, so they want to shell you up and keep tagging you. But if you push them backwards, they don't have as uh, much power in those uh, volume strikes. So I like it. This, what is this for Robbie Lawler now? You think this was just uh, 
a fun because he hasn't really been active in much because we almost have to look at him at that same point where like he's got only a few left right yeah i don't know what to do with lawler i mean has he fought matt brown yet like again i i don't think we need to i don't think lawler has any sort of illusions of becoming champion again and if he does i mean maybe that's just because he needs to have that mindset but i think that you can still give lawler some fun fights in this division you just kind of have to be picky like what about lawler versus mickey gall like that's the kind of fight that i think it would be interesting like give him somebody who's yeah. kind of a middling fighter in that division yeah you don't think he can hang still with uh any of the top 10 i don't i don't really no, think so i don't think so i don't really don't I mean, think so either magni beat him yeah yeah i kind of don't think so either but I think that he is somebody that you can put in there against a lot of the kind of up-and-coming fighters like Miguel yeah. Baeza, for example. Miguel Baeza versus Robbie Lawler. You, you give them guys that you're, you think have potential and see what yeah. they do against somebody as tough as Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I mean, I also think Robbie's done so much in his career, too, where I think where if he would maybe call it quits now, it'd almost be like the perfect time for him, you know, where it's kind of like, look what you did. He He's still like the probably the most experienced UFC fighter on the roster, you know, like the amount of fights he's been in via strike force, via everything else. Like Elite he's XC. done, he's yeah. did it elite XC yeah, even before. Yeah. yeah I mean, I he's he just fought, something he pride. I don't know. If I don't know. Him. I don't, think I don't remember pride. him from me, pride, but uh, yeah, pride 32 against Joey via senior. Like he and must've he started pro when he was like 18 though. Right. UFC, he must've started by the, the Bellator is the only stop he hasn't had because he's been with the UFC. When was his first pro fight? Are you at his... Uh... Yeah, yeah. His first pro fight was April 7th, 2001. There you go. Yeah. 20-year career. 20-year pro career. Actually, no. I was Eight. in high school, I guess. April 7th, 2001. Yeah, I would have been in high school. And how old's Robbie Lawler now? Your age, you said, right? 38? Robbie Lawler is uh, 39. He's my age. Yeah, so... When so I was uh, in my last year of high school... So we had 13... We had grade 13 OAC at the time in Ontario. Yeah, I was the first year without it. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah. Yeah, so so when I was like a senior in high school, I mean, you know, just turning nineteen, he just Robbie turned Lawler pro. Was, was was a pro fighter fighting at Extreme Challenge thirty nine against John Reed. There you go. See, I like. I mean, he did it twenty years. I think if you hit a twenty year milestone, you did it. You know, oh yeah, ten year a ten year career. I think you did it. If you fought for ten years, you fought for a decade. I'm like, man, you did the damn thing Lawler for a was like whole a decade for the UFC Hall of Fame. I hope so. I would hope what, what so. Else, what else can you achieve that he has, you know, he's won, he won the title, right? Like he's... Yeah. There's even, a, I remember them asking Anderson Silva, I think Aero Hawani asked him, he's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter to me, but I hope Anderson Silva gets no, put Anderson in. Anderson Silva's a lock. To better. Get, you should better. shut down the UFC Hall of Fame if he's not going to get it. They better. I mean, I just don't know with him going to boxing and this and that. I don't know how, but I mean, he's definitely the Hall of Fame of Hall of Famers, Anderson Silva. Yeah. Like even Tito should be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Like, yeah, like of Tito, course. Like Tito Ortiz should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, yeah he'll, he'll have to go eventually, no? I don't or think is Dana it? Dana don't like each other, but I mean, listen, that's, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah. All right, Curtis Blades beats Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, I mean, it was pretty much a Curtis Blades performance: takedowns, uh, neutralizing yeah. Rosenstrike. It seems like he's able to do that, so I'm, I'm eager to see what Blades, who Blades gets next in the heavyweight division. Um, yeah, Jessica Andrade defeats. Cynthia Calvillo, first round TKO. She just looked like Jessica Andrade again, just a marauder going forward. And uh, I saw that Combatch wrote that she was interested in fighting the winner of Rose versus uh, Veli, the the rematch. She's thinking of moving back down to 115. So, yeah. I mean, she's tough. She's big. She's strong. And I'm going to ask you, do you think she looks like me, the female version of the Bazooka Joe? Because every time she fights, my 
DMs get through the roof. I mean, she I fights like Mandalay Silva. That's who her fighting style reminds yeah. me of. But, yeah. but they say yeah, the jawline, the that. nose kind of looks like me. So every time that, she yeah. fights, people post on their story being like, do they look alike? And so uh, I, I, I actually look at her and I'm like, yeah, a little bit. We look alike. Yeah. You know, good looking. She's yep. a good looking Take, girl. Take a photo with her one day. It's like yeah, how Uriah Faber actually seen like her. I've actually seen her on it. She doesn't – I mean, I guess because of the accent and stuff, I mean – I've seen her in person and, and usually fight weeks and stuff. I'm very like I say hi to everyone, mm -hmm. but like she's very like closed off with her team. Right. Like she doesn't she even look around. She stays with her circle like because I like to like because I don't know if I walk by any team, I'll say hi, whether they know me or not. I just say, hey, and they're like, mm -hmm. hi, sometimes and like but always closed off. I, I think I was even standing in line with her in Abu Dhabi and still no like even eye contact to just give her a little wave. But uh, maybe one day. Um, Rab really defeats Marlon Marais, uh, second round TKO. Uh, I mean, Duelos really took everything that Marlon Marais could throw at him in the first round. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. the performance Rab Duelos really needed, needed because everybody's like, "Oh, this guy's a wrestler; he can take people down." How does he do on the feet? Marais pieced yeah. him up, and I don't know how how Big one time. judge gave that first round to Marab. I know Marab finished that fight strong and was almost finished Marais at the end of that round. But let's let's not forget how much damage he took during that round. You know, everybody looks at the oh, that's the that's the exclamation the point at the it. end of the round. The end of the round, yeah. four fifty nine zero one. They have the exact same meaning yes. on the judges' scorecards. You have to look at the the, the entire canvas. But to, come uh, on, Aaron. If it was a street fight, the fight would have continued and he would have won. Well, I mean, that's what happened. They just had a minute break in between. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I mean, I think Marab did what he had to do. I thought uh, – I, I personally thought he was a very big favorite going into this fight. I think he was like a minus two something, minus two. He was, he was more yeah, than a two like to one favorite. You're saying along those lines, minus yeah. But I mean, hey, lived up to it, and I mean, I think he'll bring some exciting fights in the in the bantamweight division. I think he'll be fun. Uh, while we're talking about Marab, uh, his training partner Aljamain Sterling forced to withdraw from UFC 267. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Oh yeah, well, there's a fight already. We've got Piotr Jan against Corey Sanhagen for the interim belt. An amazing. Oh fight. man, okay, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. That's Jeez. The end of the month. Okay. Exciting. So you've been so busy, bombs you, can't on even, me. you can't don't even have time to check Twitter or go on websites. No, nothing. You dropped some bombs on me. Yeah. Well, let me get your instant reaction then. Piotr there you Jan. go. I like you, it. Hold on. How about this? What do you think I the like line it. is for this fight? Um, I think Jan is going to be a minus one fifty. Minus two hundred. It opened minus three hundred. Okay, I was gonna say two hundred, but yeah. It was down to one seventy yesterday. So you're you're in you got the right idea. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think Sanhagen just is so unrangy, is so like his range, his unorthodox, his knees, his angles. I think it'll be a, a tough fight That's for Jan, but fight. Jan's just different level, man. This is the fight that I most want to see in the bantamweight division. No, no disrespect to Aljo. I mean, we saw Aljo yeah. and Jan already for uh, you know as long as it lasted last time. This is a fresh fight. Oh man, like I just I can't wait to see this fight. Yeah, but if you saw Aljo and Sanhagen fight again. You know, what do you yeah, think? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Aljo destroyed him in that fight, right? And I, yeah. I, Sanhagen has talked to me about how he felt like he wasn't in the right mindset for that fight. That he wasn't, He, I think he calls it like, it's some weird term that he found from a book called like levels of arousal or areas of arousal or something. And where like, you need to have a certain mindset in certain situations in life. And he's done all this research on it. Like the guy's like a bookworm when it comes to learning about the game. So yeah, interesting. Mm. Um mindset for Sanhagen but that's a great fight I mean listen if Sanhagen's gonna end up being a two to one underdog I would I would lean Sanhagen for the value I think Sanhagen uh wherever this fight goes has a shot 
Yeah. And I, I heard rumors that Sanhagen was supposed to fight Aldo potentially. Yeah, and now do you know who Aldo's fighting? Yes, I heard. Uh, I, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, this it's been announced. It's like been reported. If, okay, uh, Rob Font. Yeah, Rob Font in okay. December. All right. So you don't yeah, know. People because... tell you stuff, and you don't know. Do you know that Malcolm Gordon's fight has been? Announced? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Oh, I, I know that. Who, I get I tagged in everything. That one. You broke that news. I know. Yeah. I got. Uh, I actually got a Instagram message from someone saying. Uh, tagged me in it, and it said you were the one to break the news. Yeah, so but you had I heard about it, I imagine, in advance. Yes, I heard before. Just to be clear, Joe is not my source on Malcolm Gordon-related uh, things. Joe no, is... I don't know anything. Honestly, I don't know anything that's going on in his camp anymore. So I have honestly, like, I heard first from Instagram and you. Oh, really? Okay, so 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 you weren't. Like, I didn't know. No, 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 no. Okay, no, I didn't know at all. Yeah, You're me and me. See, yeah, I don't know I much about this you. guy about Bondar. I mean, he's. Uh, do I, I have to watch some of his fights, but this would be his UFC debut. He's been signed yeah. for a little while, but his fights were falling through. It looks like a Russian, big, heavy, overhands to take down style kind of guy, which honestly kind of worked good for Malcolm. Yeah. If Malcolm, like that guy looks like he wants to strike to take down. So I think if Malcolm just defends his big bombing punches and knows that he's going to go for the takedown, I think Malcolm just has to be careful for those heavy punches. That's From it. From what I understand, Malcolm has a new deal with the UFC, so good for him. that way. Yeah, is, heck uh, yeah. Four deal, end. four yeah. fight deal, and that's it. Doing the thing. All right. Well, what else do we got uh, to cover? We got uh, Dan Hooker defeating Nazrat Hackpress. Pretty uh, one-sided win for Dan Hooker. Looked good. And uh, now Dan yeah. Hooker's angling for uh, the Islam Makhachev fight next month. Yeah, I mean, is, Dan uh, Hooker Los looked Angeles experienced. Corner. He looks experienced, right? I mean, used different grappling and striking and mixed it together. And I mean, I just felt that the more I heard about Nazrat's, you know, the, the visa, his mom passing away and those kind of things, it just... It makes me feel for him, but Dan Hooker did fight like uh, an experienced fighter that he is. All right. Chris Dawkins defeats uh, Shamil Abdurakhimov. Looked great in that fight. I don't know what uh, Mark Smith needed to see there to stop that fight. He <laughs> floors Abdurakhimov. Abdurakhimov's leg is behind him. He's on the ground. Just and he lets Dawkins follow yeah. up with punches. Like, come on, just stop the fight. Yeah, that's enough. But yeah, Dawkins power in those hands man i mean i think i said last show i thought he was that wild one i mean he's a good hands they're they're more unorthodox punches i would say but yeah man he's gonna be a problem i think he's gonna be a big problem should be against because it's been announced and since you're not following the news i'm gonna just put you on the spot and think about who you you think you should fight next if you want to pull up the rankings okay let me pull up the heavyweights (laughs) here but i see guys like um the guy who i really liked before uh Aspinall. Yeah. Aspinall could be fun. Was that? That's not those who he's fighting, Those guys are both right? fresh challengers, though. You don't want to put them against each other. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, those are the guys that yeah, I've been looking forward to. Guys. And I, I would put Tanner Bozer as okay, the guy who's on the Okay, so they got Dawkins at three right now, so I'm kind of assuming... Dawkins at three in heavyweight? Uh, sorry, seven. They moved oh, okay. up three spots. He's okay. at seven. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. So you would think he would fight someone... Okay, I'm going to go with... Uh, he's fighting above him. Volkov. Alexander I think, Volkov. I think Volkov has something lined up right now, but it's not Volkov. Derek Lewis, then. You got it. Really? Wow. Dawkins, Derek Lewis has been wow. reportedly booked. Well, I'm not reportedly. I mean, Dana Insane. White basically told Brett Okamoto that's booked. Jeez, that's a. I got goosebumps hearing that. That's I like awesome that. Fight. That's a fantastic. I mean, Dawkins nice. is going to box him up and then just try not to get hit with the big shot. Yeah, but that he, one. He might big get hit bomb. by the big shot. <laughs> yeah. There's a very good chance he's getting hit with that bomb. But, yeah, great fight. Good matchmaking. Like that a lot. All that right, almost well, puts him at the top. You got to think how fast that would have moved him. You know, if he beats Derek Lewis, who's sitting at three. Yeah, he's in title contention. Yeah, jeez. Out of boy. Him, man. I mean, he's only been in the for like a year and a half. 
That a boy. That's that's I like that. I like that story. Good. Yeah, that's a, and he's a he's an awesome fighter and a good dude. So um, what else do we got? Uh, Charles Santos defeats Roxanne Modafferi. Jalen Turner defeats Urosh Medich. Good performance by Turner. I think Medich was previously undefeated. Nick Maximov, uh, who trains with the Diaz brothers, gets a uh, unanimous decision win over Cody Brundage. I actually had Brundage winning that fight, honestly, but. It is what it is. Uh, very close fight, so I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a robbery or anything. Uh, Matthew Semmelsberger defeats the other uh, Diaz brother. Diaz brother killed him. <laughs> just not just beat him, killed him. Fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. killed him. Poor guy. Uh, Big and, shot. And I, don't think, I don't think Semmelsberger will ever be a minus six hundred favorite against anybody again. But kudos to him. Good win. <laughs> Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan Pierce defeats uh, Omar Morales. Omar. Great performance for JSP. Yeah, I mean, I was a lot. I. Uh, so my Venezuelan fighter is cousins with Omar Morales. So I've been following him really closely with the Venezuelan uh, connection there. And Omar, use a damn jab, man. You're stressing me out. <laughs> so you got to start using the jab. I know we keep getting uh, – he actually told Diego, my fighter, that he would wish like he's plans to come train here. Good. I mean I know he's with Sanford where he's in good hands. But I think a little bit of the bazooka touch for him, using the jab and stuff like that, I could really, really help him out because he kicks in beautifully. I mean I think he just needs to learn the right system to set up those kicks and no way better than Bazooka Joe. Well, if, you, uh, if you're going to be under the tutelage of – Tyrone Spong and Bazooka Joe, you're in good hands. Uh, yeah. So let's go from JSP to GSP, the Hall of Fame induction. GSP now a member of the uh, UFC Hall of Fame. But the uh, big story coming out of the UFC Hall of Fame, of course, is uh, John Jones and uh, his subsequent arrest hours after yeah. the ceremony. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, what did I see? The the, the big meme, because this was this world's about meme. They, there's a... Uh, 11 title defenses, six arrests or something like that to be the greatest. You know, it's, it's getting out of hand. But, I mean, he's it's always been John Jones. I mean, do we ever think there's going to be something different now? I think it's who he is. got to accept him. Well, I don't – this is the thing. I, I accept John Jones as being the greatest of all time. I, don't, I haven't seen – But what he does we can't accept, but, obviously. Listen, we, enough's enough. Like, enough's enough. I'm not going to say, oh, this – he needs to get help. He needs to get – he has had time to get help. He has had time to go to rehab. Yeah, and, I'm saying it's who he is, right? He's 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 an addict, and addiction is a terrible thing. But this is the guy who has made millions of dollars in the sport. He's the biggest star. I wouldn't say he's the biggest star in the sport, but he's the best. I think a lot of people consider him to be the greatest of all time. Yeah. He, he wants to move up to heavyweight. He wants to get these super fights, but he cannot get out of his own way, and he's had the chance to. This is this is the thing that where I'm going to put my foot down on this particular subject. He knows he has a problem. He knows he can't handle drink going out and drinking. Like, hire a handler who makes sure you stay out of trouble, or go to rehab for a prolonged period of time. He's he's gone to he went to remember last time he went to rehab they asked him like I think somebody had said he should go to he went to rehab for like four days and it was like no I feel I'm 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 good no better yeah and and then, and so then like a month later he's like I don't drink it. I don't drink anymore except for beer. It's like listen, you should be able to control yourself. Or at least acknowledge that you have had a problem, and figure it out. But yeah. when it comes, yeah. when it starts to get into the territory of domestic abuse, domestic violence, or alleged domestic violence, mm-hmm. like we can't give this guy a pass anymore. Like it's it's time for us to put our foot down, put our feet down here, and say and take a hard line and say this is like this is unacceptable behavior in society. If he's yeah. going to be out and about and be drunk, you know, remember early in COVID and whatever he had, he was arrested by the police in New Mexico. 
whatever. You're you're getting out of you're out of control, but you're not really harming anybody, uh, as far as I know from from that particular arrest. When you're again reportedly or allegedly abusing your spouse potentially in front of your kids like nobody should should be like oh you know he's out he, this is what happens when you bring him to vegas no this is this is yeah, this yeah. is somebody a 34 year old man who should know how to behave in society and we should not continue to just say oh that's just who john is change do better yeah you you yeah. work every single day to become the best in the world you put that much effort in every single day to become an elite athlete and you can't put time in to, to better yourself to better yeah. yourself as a person to, yeah. to, to I feel that get your addiction under control to the point where you're harming your family like yeah. sorry so I mean I, I, I mean I'm, that's I'm done personally but is this do you think now I mean I know Dana's kind of like you know what like we this is the legal the business the legal system plays out does the UFC step in though? They're is that that's anything. my question? They are not going to yeah, do anything. That's they're not the going to cut them. Yeah. They're not going to suspend them. They're not going to do anything. I don't think they're able to suspend independent contractors, anyways. But yeah. to, to just be lax about it and be like, well, we tried to keep him in Vegas for a short period of time. You know, he, he was going to be there with his family. We didn't think he'd get into trouble, and we were wrong. At least you're acknowledging that you were wrong about something. But yeah, if the UFC actually has a code of conduct, it's not worth the paper it's written on. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you got to think like the who else is getting in trouble? We see Conor McGregor, you know, arrested every month now too. I mean, it's always something with these guys. I mean, I just think, I mean, I always hear Rogan talk about it. And I mean, I think a lot of times it, it is that excuse. They're like, you're talking about fighters, barbarians, guys who go in there for a living. Who a lot of times we have to change our mindsets to think like savages. I had this conversation. There's some things I thought in my head before fights where if I said out loud, most people would think I need to go to a mental institute. Like I need sure. to be locked up. But, Joe, but like, to, I mean, you if you gym, can't control that fitness, after, that's the problem. When you're at you LA know? Fitness and you're on the treadmill, are you looking around and being like, oh, who am I going to fight today? Like, Or if you go out and, and have a couple drinks at night, are you going out and causing trouble and getting arrested? It's like you have yeah, self-control. Uh, yeah, I mean, I but that's where the, I, I understand think, the mindset, you know, but you you don't bring yeah. that mindset into your everyday like your everyday life around your family. But to cut it off and the, the the talk about brain trauma and I mean I think those things all need to be factored in, but not as an excuse. Definitely not an excuse. There's no reason for what's happening, and I mean. I think going back to the positive side of someone like George St. Pierre, like that's why I think that man needs to be celebrated so much because he was in that position of making money, the superstar, but he was able to keep it clean. He was able to keep it, you know, really positive. So that's where I think GSP is that much better of a, of a, an athlete and human being, you know? I, well, I know that they can't suspend him, but, what they can do is they can continue to keep him under the same contract he's under, and they can offer him fights that he does not, doesn't want to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a suspension, is it not? It's basically yeah. a suspension, because oh. I because nobody wants to see. Like, listen, if you would have asked me a year ago what fight I'm most excited to see in the UFC, I probably would have said Ngannou versus Jones. I don't yeah. care anymore. I don't care. I don't want to see this guy get paid if he's going to act like a like act a maniac like that, in society. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. I still think as a martial artist that is the fight I'd like, but yeah, I don't I'd like, like listen, I don't like the story fight. behind it. I don't like the negative stereotypes that it brings and it's more like, yeah, look at these. I don't know, like I still, you know, my whole career was fighting the stereotype of what a fighter is versus, you know, a martial artist and athlete and I think he just sets us back being like, "Oh, these these are just barbarians, you know? I don't 100%. like it." It's a blemish yeah. on the sport. 
Yeah. Um, if you're, because none of the stuff he was doing before were violent crimes. Like not like when you think back to the things that he's gotten in trouble for. The hit and run though was pretty violent in in no, a way because the car's a vehicle, well, uh, like sure, a but weapon. I mean, but that that's that's something that, you know, is not because of his martial arts training. Like it's it yeah, has nothing to yeah. do with actual physical, like him getting physical with another individual. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. you haven't seen anything like that. But I'm not about rewarding bad behavior. And yeah. I, no, I, I feel think yeah. this is yeah. his behavior has had yeah. the opportunity to change over the years. He's had the chance to, you know, have some sort of self reflection. His dad isn't his dad like a pastor or something like. I but I, I mean, I, how many how many gifts do you give him? You know, how many exactly? It's, how it's many enough. Are you give the how many passes do you get? I mean, like you got to think. Even like I look back at someone like Dan Hart, uh, not Dan Hardy, Greg Hardy. Mm-hmm. His one incident that happened many years ago, people still can't forget and think that he got over it. And even though like he's a different person, and John Jones here he is doing it last week, and. You know, we're like, ah, oh, you know, that's just John Jones. He'll be fine. So it's like, no, it's not fine. You know what I mean? Whether Greg Hardy or John Jones, this stuff's well, not Greg acceptable. Greg Hardy's right? now married and has a kid. And uh, Yeah, but he's yeah, still – the narrative is still that he's sure. this terrible person. Well, because it was a terrible crime. And if you look at the photos that came from that incident, I think people are okay. very – Maybe I don't, I've never that. seen that, but, but yeah. But, but you're right though. You're right to an extent that like Greg Hardy, since he's joined the UFC, has not done anything wrong in society. He's yeah. been able to get himself under control. He's been able to at least show some maturation outside of the outside of the, the sports world, like in his personal life. But John Jones hasn't, and yeah. I, I think that at at some point in time we need to say enough is enough with this. Like I know they're not going to cut him because they don't want Bellator to pick him up or someone else to pick him up or him to go do boxing matches. They like they don't want other people to profit off of John Jones, and I I understand yeah. that if you have him under contract, you can keep him under contract. But I don't like I don't think that we should be rewarding this behavior. I, and I, I, have you seen an apology? Like, have you no, seen... No. Like... But what, you want to know what scares me, Aaron? Is I, I think the one thing that holds him back a little bit, the one thing that keeps him as an athlete is the potential that he will fight next year. But if you remove that from him now, where he doesn't even have to go to the gym, he doesn't have to think about, you know, the next fight, you got to think his last year would be like, I got to get bigger. I got to get stronger. I got to fight heavyweight. So his mind has been preoccupied with that. But if you remove that from him now, like he's going to have more time to party, more time to think. And I think it just progressively snowballs gets worse. Right, but, but that's not the UFC's responsibility. That's not the UFC's responsibility. But I'm to, saying to like, this is what society. It, it's getting that's why it needs to the, the help needs to happen now because without these fight potentials i think it's just going to get worse as he gets older and this guy and he's been hold, holding out to get all this this new contract and to get a bunch of money and because he thinks it's a big it's a big fight you're damaging your own you're, you're, you got to get out of your own way because now he's not worth it anymore like yeah. if, if if richard schaefer calls the ufc and is like listen john's going to ch- turn it around he's going to do this but we still want to make like 20 million dollars for this whatever it is for this fight what do you think the UFC is going to say? Yeah. Hey, take but, a hike. Listen, we've got Cyril gone. He's the interim champion. We've got this fight. The division's going to move on. Yeah. But do you know, in a weird, sad way, you know, these things that happen to Connor, these things that happen to John, in a weird way, a lot of times they help the fighter because it, one, keeps them in the attention. Then guess what you're going to see on the pre-fight interview when he fights Nagano? Oh, John Jones was arrested. He got back into camp. Like Connor throwing the dolly through the trailer. Everyone's like, oh, Connor's done. He's going to get next thing. You know, it's the number one promo video right. supporting his next fight. So, I mean, a lot of times this negative behavior is like, I mean, this John Jones creating in his next it fight, helps. It's going to be part of the story, yeah, which is going to help is. build it. I don't know, you know? if it is, though. I don't know if people are going to buy another redemption story from John Jones. There's been yeah. too many but, of them. 
well, that's still part of the long going story. You know, he goes to jail. He comes back. He goes to rehab. He comes back and he still wins, you know, and but look, he's, he's still. Has anybody said you know? anything about him going to rehab? Like, have we seen any steps? All, he's posted two things since uh, this has happened. One was him lifting weights while a song from Toy Story is playing. And then the other one is him training with Ryan Hall. Like we haven't seen anybody like I need to I need to really work on my behavior and nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Put something time. out, man. Yeah. Ah, Johnny. Listen, Johnny Bones. I'm done. Let's go from that Johnny to another Johnny Walker, who's in the main event. You can be all these great segues today, Joe. There so you go. Been Johnny Walker main event. Thiago Santos this weekend. Um, this is an awesome fight, and I don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Johnny Walker's fighting. You never know. You There's never know thing, when though. Johnny Walker fights. I've got a parlay piece for you. Fight okay, doesn't this is go a... to decision. Minus 485. Parlay that with whatever you'd like on the card. <laughs> minus? That's a big minus, but yeah. That's, that's a very is this fight likely, going to a decision, going. Joe? Five, Five rounds? rounds? No. No, no chance. Going to decision. Whether Johnny Walker's going to hurt himself, Tiago's knee's going to blow out, or something. It, there's zero chances it's yeah. going. Zero. Yeah. It's actually good value, I think. Yeah, seriously. Minus yeah. 485. If you want to parlay it with like Devontae Smith or somebody else on the card, I, I'm I'm still trying to make my picks for this card, but there's a lot of. It's a sneaky good a, card, eh? It's a good Isn't card. It? It's a competitive it's, card, is the thing. It's like a I, very competitive card. I don't have a strong read on any of these fights. Yeah, I don't know enough about like Kevin Holland and Dawkins, Kyle Dawkins. I don't know enough about Kyle to give a, a good read on that. But we know Dawkins Kevin. And Shevchenko on the card, back to back weeks with a Dawkins and a Shevchenko on the card. Yeah. Nico Price and Oliveira is crazy. That's, yeah, that's they're just gonna keep giving Nico Price these like crazy fights. Yeah. And you maybe, know what? Maybe like, do Nico Price versus Robbie Lawler next. Like, if you gave me two welterweights, they're like, here's a list, Joe. You know, and there is Oliveira and Nico Price on the card. I would not pick any of those to fight, even if they were like the lowest of the rank on the card. They're just too awkward. Their bone structures weird. I just. They don't look fun to fight. I mean, especially Nico Price with – I call him uh, – he's got the, the coat hanger look. I can say that to him. I mean, whatever. He's got that lo- wide-ass shoulders that just so wide like he can fly and just – yeah, he's a nasty guy to fight. Both of these guys I wouldn't want. And Michelle Pereira is going to be there. He's going to be cornering Johnny Walker. So you've got all the crazy in the U- UFC. Yeah, one, enough one crazy in one. Yeah. Um, uh, Michelle, I was going to say we got to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, an underdog against Christoph Jotko. Middleweight coming down. Interesting fight. I like coming the fight down. goes to the decision. The uh, the odds on that fight goes yes. to the decision is like uh, is one plus one sixty. I think that's. I like good that value. a lot. Now Misha an underdog here. Well, why do you? Why would Misha be an underdog in this fight? Well, Jotko's really a tough out. Like Jotko is a. He's one of these guys where like he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Like what's? I guess he lost to Sean Strickland in his last fight. Strickland did what Sean Strickland does to him. But he had won three in a row before that. He'd won, beaten Eric Anders, Marc-Andre Berriou, Alan Amadovsky. I mean, I, I actually like Misha in this fight. Misha might actually be one of my, my TSN Edge picks, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think so, too. I, I would pick Misha in this, hands down. So, um, Again, biased as well. So yeah. those who are betting real but money, I am friends with Misha. The question. If I, like I like Misha fight, by go... decision, 100%. Misha but you got to think, decision. Misha's ground so good, Plus too. And I mean, well, what's, jo- uh, what's Misha, by cir- uh, Misha by sub? It's lower. It's like plus two hundred or something. Misha by sub is plus plus three eighty in one spot and plus two seventy five. I like I like Misha by sub. Misha by sub or decision. I would take. The decision's almost six to one. Misha in decision. It's like yeah, five to one, six Jeez. to one. I'll take that. Ah, me too. I like it. Let's do it, Misha. And uh, likely the last fight of Betch Kohea's career. She's a big underdog uh, in that one against Carol Hosa. Mm, 
There's I'm actually going to take fights, bets in that man. spot. At plus 360, I'll take bets at that price. It keeps moving yeah. up. It was like plus 250 or something. In like the last day, it's gone. here. What was it? At this time, this time like yesterday, yeah. it was like, you know, let's go Tuesday morning. It was like plus two, 280. And now it's all the way at like plus 350. Like nothing's changed. She's the stocky striker, right? Comes forward, Do big bombs. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Bet. Bet, yeah, she, she's kind of stocky striker. Not not a great grappler, but the, you know, you know, uh, got knocked out by Ronda Rousey. I guess is probably what she's most known for. Uh, yeah, the pitbull. Yes, she's, she's a good fighter. Thinking. Like she's a good fighter. Yeah. I, like I, I, I think at that price against an unranked, I think Hosa's unranked, but uh, they have her at 15. Hosa is 15. That's what they have. And her, is yeah. Bet ranked? No. No. So, I mean, again, the lower, and I mean, this isn't the deep division. So, I mean, to be ranked 15 at 135 isn't a, a massive stripe on your belt. But I think Betch at that price, like, is, is worth, a, worth a flyer. Yeah, no, I agree. What other good Especially fights? Since it might be her last fight. I, I like Devontae Smith, Jamie Malarkey. That's a good one. Johnny I Eduardo know. still at it. Johnny Eduardo. Yeah. I've... How old is Johnny How old is he? I was just going to say, he's got to be he's old 43. now. 43. Jeez. And he's fighting at bantamweight. 40 fight record. Has His won. opponent, too, is very experienced. 22 yeah, and 8. Alejandro Perez. Yeah. From Mexico. Perez hasn't fought, and fought in a while either, I don't think. When was the last time Perez fought? He fought Song Yudong two years ago, also. So, layoffs for these guys. All right. So, what's your TSN edge picks? Do you have them out yet? or Not yet. But Not I, yet. Uh, so, you're thinking. I'm probably going to parlay Devontae Smith with Santos and Walker. Doesn't go to a decision. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Betch Cohea at that price. I think that you're getting good value there. Um, I'm going to take – I might take Misha by decision for my, my dart throw at plus 600. Um, and I might just take – well, I don't know if I'm going to take the fight go to a decision. I was thinking of just taking the fight go to a decision as one of my plays. But, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'll take fight go to a decision as one of my plays and Sirkinov by decision as my dart throw. By decision, yeah. There you go. It's a close fight, I, I think. And I think it does go to a decision. Not a bad card though. I like it. What is Casey O'Neill by sub pay? That's an, another interesting one. Casey O'Neill by submission plus three seventy five. That might be worth a look too, but uh, not too confident on it. I also like. The, I, I just uh, found I out. I like too. Lad and Chase on doesn't go the distance. Also, it's like a plus plus one fifty in some spots. Yeah. I, I might Chase one. long and rangy. Yeah, they're both long, just very yeah. tough girls. Aspen Lad had a layoff, I believe, right? Yeah, she was supposed to fight a couple months ago, actually against Macy, and that fight got postponed. But uh, to now, and now uh, Aspen is back. So, uh, but yeah, she hasn't fought in some time. She had, uh, I think, she had ACL surgery. Jeez. So that's where we're at. Oh, um, one more thing, Joe. We've got uh, Michael Venom Page. Yeah. Taking on Douglas Sneaky. Lima for the uh, in Bellator. Yeah, no, that's uh, I just looked at the the odds for that. That's even that's a pick'em fight. I was gonna say for the title because I'm so used to Lima being the champion, but not, yeah, even money. I think it's a three round fight, right? Yeah, uh, is it a three it's round a fight? It's yeah, a yeah, it's a three round fight. Okay, I I I don't follow. I just thought I would assumed it was five rounds. But, fight goes to okay. decision. The plus one thirty four isn't bad either. Why is it three? Because it's not a title fight, and Bellator doesn't do five round main events for non title. Why is it non title fight? Uh, because Lima's not the champion anymore. Amazov beat him. That's what oh, I was that's, saying. Okay. That's what oh, I was yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, was about to say it's I still thought he was a champ. I, I still thought he was the champ. I know, yeah, man. I wouldn't He's have even thought about so that. So closely associated with being the champion of that division of Bellator, y'all. Just almost always consider him the champ. If I saw Lima, I'd say, hey, champ. Yeah. Like I said, uh, once a champ, always a champ. You're a champ. Yeah, I don't know. There you go. Now, take that. 
But yeah, no, I I thought he was still the champ. But three rounds, yeah, I don't know. I, I that's that's it's it's got to be a. But I mean, when you look at the last fight, Lima obviously has the big power advantage. Not scared of MV, uh, Michael Venom Page MVP there. So I don't know. Yeah, is is it a pick 'em? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But I'd still give an edge to Lima. Yeah. And we're both sponsored by Perfect Sports Nutrition. So. Look I guess that. that's Free a good thing. Right there, there you go. It's an even money fight. I think I would have to lean Lima, lean Lima as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be close. I mean, anytime Michael Venom Page fights, his distance control, his, the way he attacks, his blitzing, like he's going to be tough for anyone. So I think he's always in a fight. But yeah. yeah, I think Lima's power, the way he could attack the legs, how confident he is, I think Lima can get it done. All right, well, there we go, Joe. Is there anything else we, uh, we need to discuss here? I'm trying, let me just pull up uh, some of my notes and see. Uh... See if there's anything else. Oh, um, I did enjoy the uh, contender series. Unfortunately, yeah. Aaron Jeffrey didn't get the the nod there. But uh, I mean, my my take on that is Aaron is just he's tough, he's durable, he's got all the skills. He just didn't have enough options on the feet. I think that would have been my biggest thing of why he didn't have enough options. It was only two punches into wall control where I felt like he needed to merge combinations together, like not always have to two strike to the wall because he wasn't getting the takedown anyway. So, I mean, I still think he's UFC caliber. I just think he needs uh, a few more options on the feet to to well-round his style, to be honest. But I hope he continues to fight because I can think – I see Aaron Jeffrey as a guy w- that will step in on a last-minute fight and get into UFC. So I don't think yeah. – that's the end of the UFC for him, but I think we'll see him eventually. Well, but those, that's my one critique. Bohio looks look good. Kind of looked like my style too. You know, good kicks. You know, it was decent catching him but i think it was that third round to be honest aaron i mean he didn't do enough he let you know let uh jeffrey put him against the cage a lot i mean but uh i thought he would have been signed for sure especially fighting with strickland after and like being <laughs> confident like why not you know like, i'll fight you outside yeah well, that's, that's like, sean for you sean's just looking to get sure. work in. He needs some sparring work there you go he always needs that sparring work but yeah disappointed I, honestly i thought he would have uh but again he they UFC's given the kid no favorite. Yeah, that's like, the they, they're no. Like they have these two e- very evenly matched. They fighters. both deserve to, to be good. in it. Yeah, it they, it almost. But then guys are going in like they're oh they're a minus five hundred favorite and then they win. But if you're, I like when Dana says, hey, this guy was a a minus. You know, he was a plus three hundred underdog. Yeah, he won. He like knocked the guy out to so get him a good him. fight. You but know? they uh, they didn't sign sense. the big favorite, the heavyweight, uh, the beginning of the card. Kiriev, I think was his name. You know, he was a minus 450 favorite. He didn't look great against the guy who was like basically a middleweight. And, and, but the problem is now, the way Dana's handing out these contracts, I think people think if they win, they're automatically in. That's right. the problem, the yeah. way it's been happening, right? But, mm-hmm. yeah, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that card yesterday. All right, one last thing I want to touch on. Do you have five minutes? Yes, I do. Okay. So uh, after the event, Dana White comes out and uh, is asked about Oscar De La Hoya saying that they underpay their par- fighters. And then he goes and hands out uh, I guess it was the payroll from a Golden Boy card in June where the combined salaries of everybody on the card, a nine-fight card, so 18 fighters, was $36,000. So that's that's all fine and dandy. But let's look, let's look at what the actual conversation is, which is that high-level boxers get paid more, like the highest elite-level boxers get paid more than the elite-level mixed martial artists. That can't be denied. But yes, that is absolutely true. I think that people need to take a better look at the structure of these two sports. 
I agree. Yeah. First off, how many big money fights are there in boxing every year where guys are making seven figures? There's I would like... say every two months, maybe there might be a mega fight. There's a handful, but like mega meaning like what would you call like some of these lighter weight classes? Like, like it Gervonta depends what you call. Davis. Tank Davis, I think, makes yeah. Would Tank dollars. Davis be a super fight? Would uh, Terence Crawford be one of those big fights? Well, like I mean, that... again, it's just anybody who's making seven figures. Like it, it happens yeah. somewhat frequently, but. If you're looking at those cards and you're looking at boxing cards as a whole, there are a lot more fighters at the at the very lower, lower class of boxing in terms of yeah. pay scale. The guys making anywhere between five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars to box, yeah. and you and the thing that the UFC has done really well is they make you care about every fighter on the card for the most part. Like if you're really into the UFC, you're excited to watch the first fight of the night a lot of the time, and when I. This is the thing that I noticed. When I went to cover McGregor and Mayweather, the building was empty until the co-main event. Like, it was basically a library. There was barely anybody there to watch any of the boxing matches that took place before Badu Jack um, was in the co-main event. And that and Gervonta Tank Davis was on that card, let's not forget. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. people were barely showing up, and I think they were just showing up for that co-main event to make sure that they were there for the main event. Like, that's the yeah. reason they just to make up beyond time. Yeah. So... But I go to the UFC events, and I'm there right at the beginning of the cards before they start. And there are people lined up to get in. And the arena has a good amount of people in early on in the cards. And the reason for that is because the UFC has done a good job of building up the lower-end fighters in the sport. And if anything, those guys are the guys that are overpaid. And I'm not trying to take any money away from them or take money out of their pocket. But because the UFC pays the entry-level fighters $15,000, dollars yeah. Plus twenty thousand to win, fifteen thousand to win, whatever it is, twenty, twenty, fifteen, and fifteen. Whereas boxing's paying people five hundred dollars. The the cards are just they're viewed differently. They're just watched yeah. in a different fashion. People it's a different care business. About, yeah. Well, it's just the business. But I mean, listen, if you're paying Volkanovski five hundred thousand dollars plus pay per view points, and he ends up making seven hundred fifty a million dollars or whatever it is. It's less than what the high-level boxers are making. So the people at the very high end of the sport are actually underpaid. But yeah, yeah I it's, agree. It's because there's a system in place where the fighters that are in the lower end of the card are paid more fairly. And a lot of people say, oh, 15 and 15 is nothing. Compare that to low-end boxing. Low-end boxing. They're making a fortune. Yeah. I just love when people say, oh, you know, 15 and 15. I was like... Have you ever seen kickboxing right. card paydays? Have you ever seen what I was making in professional Muay Thai? Did you ever understand those fights that I, I was being paid for? Like, it is actually good money. But, I mean, I agree that it's like – it's nice that these entry-level guys – I mean, it, it's tough. Should the, I agree with you that the main guys need to be making more money. There needs to be a little bit more. When you're fighting these big mega, these Naganos, they need to be making more. But – I don't mind those guys making less to help these entry-level guys. I think it makes 100%. sense. It makes sense, you and know? I think that a lot of people don't look at with this, and they also, comparing it to the NFL, the MLB, NBA, major sports leagues, it's a completely different structure. It's a completely different business because these leagues yeah. have owners for every single team, and there's revenue sharing, and there's, there's a collective bargaining agreement. In the UFC, they don't have any of that, and that's by design. Because if they do start implementing things like that, sure. I mean, listen, it's going to take away from the bottom line. and They have a lot of money. They're making a lot of money. I get it. But that's the way that they've built this business. And I'm not trying to cape for the UFC here. I want to see fighters make more money. I'm all, I'm all course, about yeah, fighters making more money. But I can understand the arguments that are in place for why the UFC doesn't operate like boxing. 
And yeah. Dana White's pretty much right when he says like a lot of the boxing events are like going out of business sales. They kind of are. And you look at what's happening with Triller with Teofimo Lopez and the Cambosos. I think that's how his name is pronounced. That fight's falling apart because they're, they're, they're offering these guys way too much money and it's not a sustainable business model. Yeah. And I mean, Dana White, I, I was laughing when I saw his big rant where he went off on Oscar. I ended up watching it and I was like, he's dropping some Aaron Bronstetter stats in there. Like he went on and it was comparing the numbers and it was like Dana made a very fantastic point about why that is the case. And I think people need to listen to it. Like he was saying, he's like. We put on cards once a week. When do you see boxing? Yeah. What, a couple times a year? So we're and, allowing... And the boxing, and to, to further to that, yeah, the and... boxing promotions that are putting on frequent events, look at the payrolls. Look at the payrolls. Yeah. They yeah, are... Exactly. Under tour. what the UFC is paying. Way under. Yeah. So that's one thing. More fights. Say they, they made that case that Oscar De La Hoya had nine fights on his card. The UFC has like 15 on each, so they're paying 30 fighters instead of 18. So they're paying more people. They have a, a UFC institute where you're injured. You can go to practice, get rehabilitation to get better. You have the option to fight three to four times a year. I mean, those are all good things for a sustainable business. I mean, you might make your $100,000 in boxing, but are you going to – even that, like, okay, that's good payday for a, an up-and-coming boxer. Are you going to make that now? three four times a year for the next 10 years and not necessarily there so i mean yeah dana's said it he goes you guys know nothing about this business he goes you know why because this is a new business he goes our production team is our own team which he mm -hmm. created That's his true. own film yeah. crew you know it's not like he brings people in each time he has his own team that he created he can put his own arena on the ufc makes in a year and they're able to see these numbers and that numbers these numbers are gonna be more transparent now and there are a lot of people that are, are not making a ton of money. But, I mean, you look at, like, I, I look up uh, Gervonta Davis Showtime purses when he fought Hugo Ruiz. Like, this just popped up. It's from 2019. They only show the purses for four fights because they don't want to show the purses. Like, you can, you can get them for the commission. But yeah. what, Dana, what Dana's saying ha does have some truth to it in terms of boxing. Uh, but, like, big boxing cards, they make a lot of money. And, and they end up paying the fighters a lot of money. So they don't, they don't, the boxing promotions don't make as much money on those cards. And I think that that is a fair point, that they are paying these guys a lot of money. But at the yeah. same time, I do think that if you look at the structure of the sport and the pay structure of the sport as a whole, a lot of these fighters that, like, the, the UFC has a middle class. They have people that are making 80 and 80, 90 and 90, people that are middle of cards, right? Like, middle of random fight night cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good. I mean, I know a lot of guys who probably been fighting in the UFC over 10, 15 fights, and 80 and you know, 50 and 50 is their purse. You know, that would probably be the middle class of the UFC, winning, making a hundred grand. You fight two, three times a year to make three hundred grand a year, fighting three times a year, not bad to win. You know, it's more than teachers make in society. It's probably what your general practitioner doctor makes a year. Not bad, you know, yeah, not well, bad I mean, at all. Also, they love it. They want to train for a living. They want to compete. They're competitors, right? So, yeah. listen, the sport's going to grow. People will, I, I hope, make more money down the road as, as the sport continues to grow. I mean, it's already really big, right? I just think it's going to grow even bigger. But And listen, again, I'm not trying to be an advocate for Dana White here. That's the last thing I'm trying to do. I just think that when people are comparing things, you have to make true comparisons. You can compare yeah. the UFC to Bellator. Compare, like, yeah. Yeah. maybe yeah. all mixed martial arts are underpaid. Maybe. But, we, yeah. but when we're comparing it to the NFL, we're comparing it to MLB, the athletes get a share of the TV deals, and that's a big chunk of money. They don't have that in the UFC. And that's on the fighters to organize and, and get that sorted out. But, yeah, no. you know, at the same time, to compare it to boxing, like, the boxing has, like, they have the one percenters, and then the other 99 percenters are making a lot less money than 
in the UFC, whereas there's not there's not really nine, a lot of 99 percenters in the UFC, but then everybody else is still like kind of a, a good middle class, mm-hmm. a good amount of money. Everybody thinks they're going to be that 1%, but in reality, it's only 1%. So would you rather have the odds of making like, hey, I can make a very good living being the 99% or would I rather make no money being the 99% for the chance of being that 1%? You know, like, I mean, it's an option, like, you know, but uh, it's tough. Yeah, to be that 1%, everyone thinks they're going to be it. But in reality, it's only 1%. So, I mean, would you rather, like I said, I think it's, nice i mean i was that one percent so i kind of wish it was the other way around where the big one percent made the money but when i look back at it i mean like it's nice to see a sustainable living for almost everybody who's in the ufc well i think it's going to be interesting in the coming years with endeavor now being a publicly traded company and the information that's going to come out i think we're going to see a lot more numbers that we didn't previously have access to and that's when i think real change can be made because you can take these numbers and you can analyze them a little bit more and put pressure on Disney and Endeavor and companies like that, if, if there is a real argument yeah. to be made. Uh, I know you need to go. Let's yes, wrap this sir. bad boy up. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week, and we will recap Santos versus Walker. Thank you, Joe. Boom. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.